朋友们，大家好。Hello, friends. Welcome to Spiritual Wai Mai. 欢迎来到属灵外卖 ，delivering the spiritual food to you wherever you are. 无论你在何处，我们为你速递属天灵粮。This article is a part of a series called Spiritual Wai Mai Voices, where we welcome our friends to share some spiritual food with us in their own voice. This spiritual Wai Mai was written and recorded by our friend Luke. Now Mary stood out outside the tomb, crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, "Woman, why are you crying?" They've taken my Lord away," she said, "and I don't know where they've put him." At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, "Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for?" Thinking he was the gardener, she said, "Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him." Jesus said to her, "Mary." She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, "Rabboni," which means teacher. Jesus says, "Do not hold on to me, for I am not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God." Mary Magdalene went with, went to the disciples with the news, "I have seen the Lord," and she told them that he had said these things to her. Understand the complexity of this passage. You first have to understand the culture in which it takes place. Traditional Jewish culture has many, many similar similarities to Chinese culture. Among them is the idea of jonah tinu. By Jewish law, a woman's testimony was not considered valid unless she was vouched for by a man, or if she was talking about something that women have. Particular expertise in that men don't. So when Jesus chooses this solitary woman to be the first witness of his resurrection, the implications are huge. The story actually supports the truth of the scripture because this fact would have been so embarrassing to the early church. The only reason to include it would be because it was true. And yet, Jesus still chose Mary Magdalene. To be his first witness. In doing this, Jesus began a paradigm shift in which, in which the words of women, as well as those of men, were considered valuable. Why Mary? We don't know. There are a few things we do know for certain about Mary from the Scripture. We know that she was an eyewitness to the to the crucifixion.、Uh, we know that she was in the garden. That morning to anoint Jesus' body, and we know that Jesus freed her from demon possession. Beyond this, we're not really certain about her. Some people believe that she was the woman who was supposed to be stoned for adultery.、Um, some associate her with the sinful woman who anointed Jesus in the house of Simon the Pharisee. The Gnostic Gospels even suggest that she was Mary's or Jesus's wife, 
though these documents have been rejected by the church. Honestly, we don't know why Jesus chose Mary to be the first witness to his resurrection. We just know that he did. The passage strikes me as odd that two angels would be hanging around in the empty tomb just to ask Mary why she was crying. But apparently that's what they were doing. And she had to be crying pretty hard because when she saw Jesus, she mistook him for the gardener. I suppose, in a way, she was right. The fall of humanity began in a garden. And it was in a garden that it was set right. Death began in the Garden of Eden, but it was defeated when the gardener came back to life. But Mary wasn't thinking about that. She responds to Jesus' question with an almost fierce determination. Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will go and get him. Jesus replies with a single word. Her name. Can you imagine the feeling that she must have had when that word hit her ears? In a way that only Jesus could say it? How many emotions would she experience at the same time? Shock? Confusion? Joy? More confusion? More joy? We don't know what she did, but Jesus replies, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. In the visual Bible, um, the Gospel of John, she, she grabs his hand and then kind of just like lets it go limp. But I have my doubts about that. Compared with the intensity of her statement about going to get Jesus' body herself, I'm picturing more of an American football chopping block tackle like my kids do to me when they don't want me to go out the door. Like I said, we don't know what she did. But Jesus' message, Jesus' reply is clear. I'm not here to stay. Then he commissions Mary to go and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead and that he will be returning to the Father. In essence, he makes her the first missionary. And he sends her to stir faith in the hearts of his discouraged followers. So what can we learn from this story? I think it can be summed up in three parts. First, Jesus cares about women. More than any moral leader before or since, he tips the scale of and chooses a woman's testimony to be the first record of the resurrection. Men and women have different roles, but their value is the same in his sight. For all the women, who have struggled with your value because you were not born a boy, look at Mary Magdalene and find your identity. Your voice and your value are no less because you are a woman. You are not worthless. You do not need to prove yourself. You do not need to be a man. Be who you are made to be and bear witness that you have seen the Lord. 
Second, it took the resurrection of the gardener to undo the curse that began in Eden. Jesus' sinless sacrifice overturned the sin of the first Adam. But his resurrection sets things right. Death has lost its power. We need no longer fear. Death is no longer the end of our story. It's a transition. The doorway to more life. And third, sometimes all it takes to change our world is for Jesus to say our name. In these difficult times, many people are alone, many are fearful, many are grieving. Our tears blind us to the reality that Jesus is not dead. He stands before us in all of his glory, but we don't recognize him. If you're disconnected, discouraged, or distressed today, know that it's okay to ask for Jesus to say your name, to speak to you in a special way. I'll close with this. When I was in college, I was going through a crisis of my faith. I knew all the stories, I sang all the songs, but I didn't know if it was real. In despair of soul, I came to God and asked that if He was real, to speak to me. I didn't get an answer right away, but I didn't numb out. I didn't go to other pleasures that would drown out his voice, and I didn't give up. And eventually, he did speak to me. It wasn't an audible voice, but I know it was him. What he said changed the direction of my life forever. After that moment, I knew I was not alone. I was cared for, and I was loved. This confidence propelled me into a future I would never have been able to face if I had never heard his voice. If you need that kind of strength today, go to Jesus. Ask him to speak to you. But you must be willing to wait for the answer. I do not doubt that he will speak to you, that he's always speaking but we're seldom quiet enough to hear him. We fill our lives with activity, with service, with pleasure, with WeChat, with anything, rather than enduring the silence within our own soul. But it is in that silence where we can hear the still small voice, that gentle whisper speaking our name and turning our tears into joy. As you pray, as you wait, read the scriptures. Jesus is speaking. Let his truth pierce your heart. You will never be the same.
Thanks for having some spiritual limey with us. 感谢你今天属灵外卖。We hope that you liked it and that it fed your soul. 希望你喜欢，令你满足。And we hope you come back for some more. 期待你再次回来。We love ya. 我们爱你哟、哦。